who you are in Christ and what God has done for you in Christ. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that today. And uh, we can start with uh, the Ephesians 1 prayer, or we can start with 2 Corinthians 5.17 and just reading the book of Ephesians. And um, Ephesians 1 prayer is a prayer for believers, but it's also a prayer for spirit-filled believers. Amen, spirit-filled believers. So do uh, spirit-filled believers need prayer? Well, if you been going to church any length of time, you realize people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit uh, still need prayer. And how would you pray for somebody that you knew they were saved, amen, you knew they had the Holy Spirit, uh, but they were struggling? How would you pray for somebody like that? Well, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 is his prayer for believers. And so you can actually make it your prayer. You can actually put your name in there and uh when I was a teenager, 17, Dad Hagen told us to do exactly that. He said, take the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer and uh, put your name in there or make it personal. And he said, actually, to pray it every day uh, for at least six months. And he said, and don't miss a day. Amen. Well, I was 17, so I decided, well, I'm just going to follow instructions. He actually said, don't miss a day because if you miss a day, and if you miss a couple of days and then you end up only praying it three or four times a week, he said, it just won't work. Right. Amen. He said, you'll have to be diligent and pray it every day, at least once a day. Yeah. Amen. Well, I decided I was going to do it at least twice a day. And so I had to write it down on a card and I put the King James on one side of the card. Then I put the Amplified Bible on the back side of the card. And so I'd pray it in the King James first, and I'd go over it in the Amplified Bible. And so if I even had, you know, uh, five minutes or ten minutes in the day, then I'd pull that card out, and I would pray. I'd say, uh, Father God, I'm asking you, this is what I'm asking you for. I'm asking you that you would give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, that the eyes of my heart would be flooded with light that I may know what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. You put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Yeah. Amen. So that, that I would pray that prayer. So I didn't miss a day. Did it at least twice a day, sometimes more than that. And I was 17 years old and had bell-bottom blue jeans and platform shoes, you know, about four or five inches tall and had afro, afro hairdo, big afro hairdo. And uh, uh, had these big shirts on, you know, big collars and, you know, holes in the pants and then uh, big bell-bottoms. And then you had uh, 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 patches. You put whatever kind of patch you want on there, three or four different kinds of patches. And so... Uh, uh, we thought we were cool. Uh, but I'll tell you, being ignorant is not cool. <laughs> so I just thought I was cool. But, but uh, the devil will take advantage of your ignorance. Or he'll take advantage of your negligence. Or he'll take advantage of your disobedience. And so I had to pray that prayer right along with Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So uh, sometimes you don't have the will, and then sometimes you don't have the desire. Sometimes you don't feel like you have the ability. So I had to make that confession. It is God that works in me, and he gives me the desire and the ability to do his will. Come on, when you're lacking in desire, God's working in you to change your want to. How many believe God could work on your want to? Amen. You have enough trouble and you'll, you'll, you'll have some want to changes. You'll say, I'll fix the change. I want. I did. My mother would always say, you might get what you want, but you may not want what you get. Y'all still here? 
And, but F.F. F. Bosworth said, if you want what God wants for the same reason he wants it, you are invincible. Well, I was sure interested in being invincible. How are you going to do that? If you want what God wants for the same reason he wants it, you cannot be stopped. So I trust the Lord to work on my want to. He, it is God that works in me. It is God that works in me, both the will and to do of his good pleasure. And that scripture was my confession because I didn't always want to. And then sometimes when I did want to, I didn't feel like I had the ability. So my confession was what? It is God that works in me. He gives me both the want to, the will, the desire, and the power and the ability to do his good pleasure. Praise the Lord. Well, that scripture goes along with Hebrews 13, 20, and 21 right? Hebrews 13, 20, 21, similar. And Hebrews 13, 20, 21 says the God that raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Go to verse 20 first. Hebrews 13, 20, it says the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Uh, Y'all see that? In other words, what God did when he raised Christ from the dead, Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. All right, then go to the next verse. The next verse says he makes you perfect in every good work to do his will. And he works in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. I like that, don't you? I mean, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, he says God is working in you. He makes you perfect in every good work to do his will. And he works in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Amen. So what would your confession be? Well, God is working in me through the blood of the everlasting covenant. God is working. You know, when he talks about the blood covenant, you have actually the description of that covenant in certain key words, which they'll call the word in the Old Testament. Hebrew is the word hesed, H-E-S-E-D. And that is really a covenant term. And that word, that word means his loving kindness or his tender mercies and actually even means his generosity wow. has said. So I've got a whole list of maybe 10 different words of what that word has said means, which is a blood covenant term. So because of the blood of Jesus and because of the blood of the everlasting covenant, because of God's great loving kindness and tender mercies, he is working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And the Amplified Bible, anybody have an Amplified Bible? I don't know. Do y'all have it back there? Can you put it up there? Uh, do you have an Amplified back there? It says through the, uh, you know, I don't know if you have it or not. It don't matter. I can quote the part I like. But he says, he make, uh, you got Amp C? Uh, all right. What happened to it? There it is. Uh, the Amp C, amp, the, you know, they came up with an, a newfangled Amplified. So they have to, you have to look up the Amp C, which is the classic, right? So because of the blood of the everlasting covenant, he strengthens, completes, perfects, makes you what to, you ought to be, and equips you with everything good so that you can carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. So that's really not up to your natural ability, but you're saying through the blood of the everlasting covenant, God is strengthening me, working in me, equipping me with everything I need to do his will. Come on, that'll get you out of doubt real fast, won't it? You say, God is equipping me with everything I need to do his will. Praise the Lord. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. So what's your confession? Well, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, God himself is working in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight. And he's equipping me with everything I need. Every relationship I need, every opportunity I need, every piece of equipment I need, everything I need to do his will. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's a blood covenant blessing in it. Amen. So he works in us both the will and do of his good pleasure. So go back to Ephesians 1 prayer. In Ephesians 1 prayer, this is our prayer. And you're, you're praying, asking God. And apparently, I mean, it, it must, you really need to ask for it. Apparently it's not an automatic. 
Y'all still here? I said, it's not automatic. Apparently, you just have to ask for it. You have to ask. And really, that seems to be the only requirement that if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask. He just said, ask. Jesus said, ask, and what will happen? You will receive. Knock, door will be open. Seek, and what? You're going to find. And then he says what? Everyone. Everyone. Well, who does that include? Everyone. Amen. So if you don't have it, you ain't been asking. Because he said, everyone that asks, receives. Everyone that asks, receives. Let's try that one more time. Let's say it together. Everyone that asks, receives. Amen. So, you know, you'll learn if you look at those words, ask and seek and knock, that it's in the continuous sense. It's in the continuous sense. It means ask and keep on asking. Come on, it means knock, keep on knocking. Seek, keep on seeking. Come on, door's going to be open. You're going to find and you will receive. Man, it's good to learn how to pray, isn't it? My daddy used to say the poorest person in the world is somebody who don't know how to pray. Amen. I said the greatest disadvantage in the world is people that don't know how to pray. A greater disadvantage than poverty or lack of money, a greater disadvantage than lack of education is not knowing how to pray. Come on, teaching your children how to pray. Come on, teaching your family how to pray. Greatest disadvantage in the world is not knowing how to pray or not praying. Amen. Even if you know how and you don't pray, you don't have no advantage over those who don't know. Amen. So we have the prayer really written out for us. And so uh, we were looking at that one time years ago and Trina said, well, he said, ask and keep on asking, knock, keep on knocking. He said, but when we came from Bible college, they almost acted like you were asking, seeking and knocking and you had to keep doing it because you weren't getting nothing. But that's not what he said. He said, everyone that asks will receive. But why do you keep asking? Well, because there's more for you to receive. Are y'all so in? Come on, you're not, you're not asking and saying, well, I ain't getting nothing, but I'm going to keep on asking. Come on, I'm knocking, no doors are open, I'm just going to keep on knocking. No, he said, God, everyone asks, everyone knocks. Come on, everyone to seek. So when you're receiving, you say, whoo, this is working good. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on asking and receiving and knocking, and amen, the doors will be open. Wow, praise the Lord. Amen. So this prayer in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1, those prayers are actually prayers that should be repeated. Amen. Not because you hadn't gotten anything. It's just because there's so much more that you don't have yet. How much more do you, how much more is available? He says, man, there's so much available. Amen. When you get to the end of your life, you'll still be praying that prayer. Father God, I'm asking you. What are you asking him for? Well, you know, when I was a teenager, I thought, you know, I was raised in church, so I thought my biggest problem was uh, dedication. That's what I thought was my biggest problem, you know, because they preach a lot on dedication, a lot. You know, like, how come you don't pray more? How come you don't give more? How come you don't come to church more? Why don't you witness more? How come you don't serve more? You need to do this more, and wh why don't you do that, and well, you know, I was like, well, I don't know exactly why, but I mean, I wish I did. And uh, I was planning to on Sunday, but somehow I didn't make it, you know, by the Tuesday. And, and, um, and <laughs> so, you know, I thought, well, my biggest problem is dedication. So most people spend their time praying for dedication. People spend a lot of time, oh, God. I just want to do, and I want to this, and oh God. Well, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1 here is not really for dedication. This prayer is for revelation. Matter of fact, if you get revelation, it'll change your dedication. If you have a problem with dedication, you have a problem with revelation. Y'all still here? Because once the eyes of your heart are flooded with light and you have revelation of God, his plan, the inheritance that is yours, tremendous power that's available to you as a believer, whoo, boy, that's going to change your dedication, change the way you pray and everything else. Amen. Amen. So he said, Dad Hagen told me that, said pray, pray that prayer. 
Well, I had a guy work for me. I could tell you who he is because y'all don't know him. Uh, his name's Kevin Burns, and he worked for us for about 10 years. And uh, he had gotten saved and filled the Holy Spirit. Actually came out of a really terrible drug drug culture, de- a drug dealer, him and his wife. And they were just girlfriend at that time. And, and man, they were hooked on drugs. They came out, got saved, you know, came to church, got filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, got called to preach. So we had a Bible school at that time, so he just started coming to Bible school. So we'd teach in Bible school, you know, and we uh, back in those days we had a full-time Bible school every morning, Monday through Friday, and now they just have it on Monday evenings. But we had it every morning. So we had probably 35, 40 students that were there every morning. Uh, actually, my secretary, Darcy, came out of that group, and there's probably, who knows, 10, 20 pastors came out of that group. And they're pastoring today. Well, Kevin's one of them. He pastors now in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I just built a brand new church and just fixed to build another one to add on to it. His church is growing like crazy. And so Kevin is doing, doing a great job. His wife, Elizabeth, you know, they worked for us for 10 years, right? So, you know, if they work for me for 10 years, they're going to hear this sermon a few times. You know? And so I would... I would uh, teach, you know, Dad Hagen would say, if you want life to be different for you, he said, the Bible will become a different book to you. If you'll pray the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer, pray it every day, at least once a day, and don't miss a day for at least six months. You don't have to stop at six months, just at least six months. Amen. All right, so so, um, Paul would say in Ephesians 3, for this cause, I bow my knees. Amen. Amen. So you can pray it while you're driving, or you can pray it, you know, while you're walking. But you might want to find some time to get on your knees. I mean, if Paul got on his knees. Come on, unless you have a physical ailment, you ought to at least bow your knees, which is a sign of I humble myself before the Lord. And Father God, here's what I'm asking you for. Well, Ephesians 3 is I'm praying, Father, that you would grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with mighty power by your spirit in my inner man. All right, let's try that one one more time. Because of 1 3 is revelation here over here is that you and I would be strengthened with mighty power. All right, must be some tremendous power available. Come on. Amen. How many of you ever had those little batteries, you know, and somebody tell you to stick your tongue in there and it kind of bites you a little bit, you know? You stick your tongue in that battery and go, mm, like that. So, so you're a kid, you know, so people would always do that, you know, the kids would goof up and say, hey, stick your tongue in there. So you, you know, don't run anything, it'll bite you. Well, there's a lot more than just a little battery biting you. He said, there's tremendous power available. Amen. In Ephesians 1, he said, there's exceeding great power towards us, we believe. And here he says that he would grant you according to the working of his mighty power to work in your inner man. Well, most of us think all of our problems have to do with our outward man, but really your problems on the inside, your inner man. And the Amplified Bible says your innermost being and personality. How many believe if God was working by the Holy Spirit in your innermost being and personality, that you are not stuck with the personality you got? Don't look at anybody right now, but most people say, well, that's just the way I am. Okay, ugly. Listen, that's just the way I am. Well, that may be the way you feel. That may be emotions that you have, but that's, you're not stuck with that. Come on, the Holy Spirit can work in your innermost being and personality, amen, and just change the way you react to things. Amen. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in your inner man. Amen. So that's really the Ephesians 3 prayer. Father God, I'm asking you to grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with mighty power by your spirit in dwelling. All right, let's try that one more time. By the power of your spirit, the Amplified says the Holy Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Boy, isn't that great to have the Holy Spirit in your inner man? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we kind of like, you know, with with, uh, Dad Hagen, 
we kind of studied faith, you know, from Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, Mark eleven twenty three, twenty four, and then we studied faith, you know, from faith uh, in the blood, faith in the name. So we studied faith, how faith works, the speaking part of faith, where faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Come on, every breakthrough in faith is going to come from a breakthrough in revelation knowledge. Amen. Your understanding of the word. So we studied faith, and faith it requires corresponding action. Action, the initial act of faith is to move your mouth. If your faith ain't strong enough to move your mouth, it'll never move a mountain. Amen. Amen. So you study, you know, maybe five key ingredients to faith that if you're going to live by faith and walk by faith, you're just going to have to understand how faith works. Amen. I like what Brother Copeland, he said, when I got around Oral Roberts, he said, I found a guy that actually used his faith on purpose. You know what that means? That means you can use your faith to change your world. Amen, to change the results that you're having in life. So we studied faith, and so uh, we, get, went, we studied it backwards and forwards and, and to understand how faith works. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Come on, how you receive the word, amen, and uh, how to act on the word, praise the Lord. Simplest definition of faith is to act like the Bible is true. The moment you act on the word, God makes himself responsible for your results. Until you act on the word, you are responsible for your results. But the moment you act on the word, God makes himself responsible for your results. In other words, faith is an act. that you're acting on the word, faith is motion activated. Got to move your mouth first, right? So we're studying all about faith and how faith works, where faith comes from. That's not even a mystery either. Faith comes from the word of God. God's word is faith food. If you're weak in faith, you're not feeding on the word. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said, if you're weak in faith, you ain't feeding on the word. Amen. And faith works the same in every area of life. Amen. Faith for healing. That means you feed on the word. Those scriptures about healing. Faith for victory in your life. Amen. Faith for redemption, knowing who you are in Christ. Find those scriptures on your identification with Christ. Feed on those. Put them in your mouth. Speak the word. Amen. Faith for finances works the same way all the rest of them work. Amen. Amen. Believe in speaking. Act on the word. Praise the Lord. Sow a seed. Hallelujah. Amen. Once you see it work once or twice, you'll say, well, I believe that'll work in several different arenas of my life. So faith for finance. All faith works the same in every area. So once you learn how faith works, praise the Lord. When we live by faith, we walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're going to live by faith, you're going to have to be instrument rated. Amen. 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 Now, some people become pilots, but they're not instrument rated. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. If they're not instrument rated, then you're going to have to stay low and and, uh, watch the scenery. But if you ever get in the fog, all right, well, let's get, I said, if you ever get in a fog, you can't see nothing. Then your senses, your flesh, your senses, your senses can't tell. You would think your senses could tell, but if you stay in the fog, I think they say you have 90 seconds. That if you are not instrument rated and you get in the fog, in 90 seconds, your senses become uh, disoriented and you will turn the plane in the direction that it will crash. Just because you went by your feelings. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, just because you went by your feelings. Right? Just because you went by your feelings. You'll panic. You'll say, well, I need to pull up, get out of this fog. Right? Well, you don't know exactly what you're doing after 90 seconds. You'd think your, your body would be smarter than that. How many ever thought your body was smarter than that? I can tell you when I see you at a, at a buffet in the cafeteria, your body ain't that smart. Come on. Come on. Come on, you get run over at a salad bar for people on a diet. So uh, (laughs) your body ain't that smart. You know, you can eat that and it won't affect you. Yeah, sure. So so you got to become instrument rated. That means you don't trust your senses. You don't trust your feelings. You don't trust your feelings. You don't trust your senses. You get trained to lock into your instruments. Are y'all still here? So that's really how faith works. Amen. 
then, uh, uh, you know, when I was a kid, my daddy always take me deer hunting. And so when you go deer hunting, you know, uh, it just became something that I enjoyed. You know, have a, have a nice deer rifle. We'd go out in the morning, the afternoon, me and my dad would go out and kill my first deer. Well, I did that, you know, when I was just a kid. So it still kind of stuck with me. I'm 70 years old, and still about every November, December, January, I've got my hunting equipment out. I got my gun out. You know, I'm, I'm calling my friends, finding out, you know, what's happening in different places. And, boy, I'm gonna, uh, I went with Pastor Mac Hammond at, at his place up in Minneapolis, and he's got a stand that goes up. Man, it's like uh, goes up what, like thirty feet or something in the air, and you can see uh, all the way around, three hundred sixty degrees, and you can, your your shot is like five hundred yards. Come on, you can, if you're on the edge of the woods, so you can see around uh, five hundred yards. Well, you're really, you know, you're wanting a buck to come out, right? Yeah, so we we don't usually uh, kill the does. I mean, you know, you got to be nice to the females. But uh, <laughs> but if a buck comes out, man, he's he's dead meat. That guy comes out. So so <laughs> last time I was there, a buck came out at what was it like 400 yards, and the sun's going down, so it's getting dark. So I was, uh, uh, my uh, rifle put it out the window, and I got barely see the crosshairs on that buck. And shot him, he dropped at 400 yards, just like that. Max said, that's amazing. I said, you know, I can do more than just preach. So <laughs> I said, I've been doing that for a long time, right? Well, if you want to kill a buck, <laughs> then you've got to figure out kind of how bucks think. So you got to get those videos like Monster Buck 1 and Monster Buck 10 and Monster Buck 384, Monster Buck, you know, and you're watching all these situations where some guy, you know, and out comes a 10 point, 12 points, you know, big buck comes out. And so I'll, you're studying that to see kind of how they act under certain circumstances, right? So, um, <laughs> So I was reading one article about a buck, and they said a said a a, a white-tailed buck uh, lives by his nose. So I read the articles. A white-tailed buck lives by his nose, which simply means that don't mean he can't see. That don't mean that he can't hear. That just means he trusts his nose more than what he can see or what he can hear. Which means if he smells you, he may not even see you, but if he smells you, he's out of there. Y'all still here now. He's big buck, and that's why he got to be a big buck. I mean, the little bucks, they ain't got no sense, but the big buck, the way he got to be a big buck is he lives by what? His nose. Right? And so you see him put the, the nose up in the air. Like that. And if you're up a tree somewhere, <laughs> come on, you may have camo clothes on and you may be real still. But if you wore your cologne before you went out there, <laughs> amen. If you didn't camouflage your smell, you ain't going to kill no buck, man. He'll actually circle you till he can get downwind of you. And once he smells you, you ain't going to see him. You'll say, there ain't no bucks out there. Oh, yeah, they're out there. They just smell you. So a Christian lives by their faith. Amen. Right. Amen. Lives by the power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you. That don't mean they can't see. That don't mean that they can't feel. That just means I have decided to live by my faith instead of my sense knowledge. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so living by faith. So we learned a lot from Dad Hagen about living by faith. So that's really what the Ephesians 1 prayer was really all about. Is if I'm going to live by faith, I'm going to have to have accurate knowledge of God's ways and his thoughts and his word. So, Father God, what am I asking for? I'm asking you for what? The spirit of wisdom. Amen. You do enough dumb things, you'll start asking God for the spirit of wisdom. So, Father God, I'm asking you for what? The spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of God. That's where faith comes from right there. Amen. Eyes of my heart flooded with light. Praise the Lord.
Well, we were studying all about faith and how faith worked, but with Dad Hagen, you know, he, um, if you would go hear him, I mean, uh, uh, he had 15 years of Holy Ghost meetings, so you could go to maybe, I could probably go to maybe four or five a year because I had my own church, and so I'd, I'd fly in on Monday and fly out on Friday to get back to my church, and uh, then I'd hear the same thing most of the time. And he'd look at you and knew you were there, you know, last week. And didn't, he didn't care a bit. He'd say, no, turn your Bible, same verses, then teach the same sermon. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He, he set me free from the fear of repetition. So while you're studying on, on faith, well, and he'd, he'd repeat things. And sometimes after you'd hear the, the hundredth time, you'd go, okay, that's, that's what you're talking about. So even if you're a slow learner, you know, the Holy Spirit will keep working with you. <laughs> you say, why are you looking at me? So I said, even if you're a slow learner, amen, the Holy Spirit will help you make the adjustment necessary, amen, for your faith to be what, not just what you call faith, but to be what God calls faith. All right, let's try that one more time. Because it don't really matter what you call faith. All that matters is if, if, if God calls that faith, if that's what God's definition of faith, then you're going to get results. If it's your definition, then you just need to come on. I uh, <laughs> wonder why. <laughs> but, if it, but if it ever matches God's definition of the God kind of faith, mountains got to move. I said mountains got to move. Hallelujah. So while he was teaching on faith for, and we're trying to learn for about 50 years, um, teaching on faith, then he said this one time, and he said, have you ever thought about having faith, not just faith in God, but faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought about having faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all listen close. Have you ever thought about having faith, not just in God, way off in heaven somewhere, but having faith in the God that lives in you? All right, let's try it one more time. Have you ever thought about having faith in the indwelling spirit of God that lives on the inside of you? Well, that, that's not very far away, is it? I mean, I mean if you're going to have faith in the spirit of God, he lives on the inside of you. Come on, have faith in the indwelling spirit of God. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 3 prayer, and I'll try to finish that up a little bit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Y'all still with me here? Everybody say, I have faith in God, in the blood. In the name of Jesus, in the word, I have faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit. He lives in me. He's everything Jesus said. And he lives in me. Well, come on, he gets up in the morning with you. Come on, you ought to look in the mirror and talk. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you're in there. Don't act like you're not in there. I know you're in there because Jesus said you're going to move in there forever. Amen. You're going to be everything Jesus said that you are. Come on. That means you're my comforter, my helper, my strengthener, my intercessor, my advocate. Come on. You're the standby. You're the greater one that lives on the inside of me. Come on. And so Paul's prayer is in Ephesians 3, Father God, I'm asking you that you would grant me, praise the Lord, that you would grant me, praise the Lord. How many are expecting an answer to this kind of a prayer? Amen. I'm asking you that you would grant me according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with mighty power by your spirit in dwelling my innermost being and personality. Amen. Praise the Lord. Apparently all you got to do is ask. Amen. Amen. Just ask. I'm asking you that you'd grant me to be strengthened. So when your inner man is strong, what does that mean? Well, when your inner man is strong, and that should be an ongoing situation, the Holy Spirit. All right, look at Jude verse 20 real quickly before we move on with this prayer. And Paul says this, Jude verse 20. He says that you could build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You got that? 
Jude, verse 20. Y'all know Jude is only one chapter in Jude, right? And it's right before the book of Revelation. Amen. So, you know, there it is. But ye, beloved, doing what? Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. All right. So he says, Dad Hagen said, praying in the Holy Ghost will not give you faith. Faith comes the way the Bible said it comes. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He said, but praying in the Holy Ghost will build you up on your most holy faith. In other words, while you're praying the Holy Ghost, your spirit man's getting built up. And now your faith is getting activated. All right. So the illustration I, I always use, praise the Lord, I probably can find it here somewhere. Illustration I always use is about uh, uranium-235. I've got this article. I actually got it out years ago. I got this big book on uh, how things work. I got this big book, How Things Work. So I started looking through it, tell you how a diesel engine works, gasoline engine, how a refrigerator works, tell you, you know, breaks it down on how everything works. And some people are not interested in that, but I am. So I kind of kept going through the book till I found out how nuclear power works. I thought, no, I'm interested in that. So I tore those pages out and I carry them around with me. All in other words, it tells you how to make a nuclear bomb. Well, I'm not really planning on making one, but... I'd sure like to know how it works. Amen. And you really can't make one with whatever you got out in the garage. Right? So they said, if you're going to make a nuclear bomb, he said the, the most common substance a nuclear bomb is made out of is uranium-235. The most common substance that is used for nuclear power is uranium-235. Well, not every country even has uranium-235. But once they get uranium-235, all they got to do is find out how uranium-235 works. And you're dealing with a country with nuclear power. That's what happened in North Korea. And that's what one of our ignorant presidents did when he let Iran have nuclear power. And they said they're just going to use it for electricity. Seriously. How stupid. I mean, most anybody's qualified to be president when you've got these kind of stupid people becoming president. You know, you almost like to vote for your neighbor, I mean, rather than some, at least he knows how to mow his yard, in other words. So, so. <laughs> are you stupid or something? You're going to give Iran, Iran-235, right? We're just going to turn on the lights. Yeah, they want to light up Israel's what they want to do with the bombs, what they want to do. <laughs> right? That's the only reason you have to pay attention to North Korea is because they have nuclear bombs, nuclear missiles, nuclear power. You don't even have to pay attention. They don't have no nuclear power. I mean, you've got a guy in a leisure suit, you know, that's made out of polyester. <laughs> Come on, and his hair's going 38 different directions, and he's shooting his mouth off. Well, if he didn't have a nuclear bomb, you'd just go over there and whoop him. <laughs> Actually, just ignore him. I mean, this is, who cares what the knothead says? But once the knothead got nuclear power, you have to pay attention to what he says. Because if an idiot's got a nuclear bomb, I mean, you better be ready. Y'all still here? You better be ready. We live in a dangerous world, so all these little peaceful people thinking we get rid of nuclear power, you better keep it or you will lose your freedom, you understand? Uh, so uh, once you get nuclear power, that's the only reason the devil even has to pay attention to you. Uh -huh. I mean, you're just a little knothead, you know, your hair going different directions, you know, and you can't get your clothes to match, you know, and, and you got wrinkles and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> but, and you, you could, you know, the devil wouldn't even pay no attention to you. But when you have the same power that raised Christ from the dead working in you, that kind of power, when, when you get up and say something, every devil, every demon has to pay attention. They're going, oh, come on, what's the crazy Christian saying right now? <laughs> so, so I got this thing on nuclear power. Uranium-235. 
So the reason they like uranium-235, it says this, uh, because it can undergo induced fission. Induced fission. What does that mean? That means you can detonate it whenever you want. Y'all still here? You can activate it. And he said once it's activated, uh, you know, the nucleus of a uranium-235, as I said, and an immense amount of power or energy in the form of gamma radiation and heat, this process occurs in a picosecond. Well, I, when I read that, I thought, well, I'm not sure what a picosecond is, but I mean, you know, you can get fast food pretty nice. I don't know how much a picosecond is. <laughs> so picosecond is one million of a millionth of a second. So you can detonate or activate uranium-235 or nuclear weapon, and you can detonate it in one million of a millionth of a second. That's fast as you can blink your eye. So if you think, wow, you know, it's going to take me forever to overcome this situation. No, just one touch from Jesus, like in a picosecond, man, and all that disease left her body, you know, 12 years of being sick, and bam, it was gone in a picosecond. Amen? Amen? And so that tremendous power is really a description of 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God is manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And the word destroy there is the uh, Greek word luo, means to destroy, loosen, and dissolve. And it's the same word used in Second uh, Peter where it says the earth and the elements thereof will melt with fervent heat. In other words, the earth as you know it. You have more problem than climate change. Because the, the earth as we know it will be melted down and there'll be no evidence. Come on, because there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Amen. So how's that going to happen? Well, he said it's going to happen with tremendous uh, heat and power. But what happened when God raised Christ from the dead, he released that kind of power. And Paul says, I'm praying that you see what I saw when God raised Jesus from the dead. That power towards us who believe is exceeding great, unlimited, immeasurable power. It will melt down sickness out of your body. Come on in. It'll melt depression and make it dissolve out of your life. That's the power that's in the name of Jesus towards us who believe. Do we have any believers here? Well, once you're a believer, come on, you're a believer with what? Revelation knowledge that makes you dangerous. Most dangerous thing in the world is revelation knowledge. Actually, the Apostle Paul, <laughs> he said, messenger of Satan sent to buffet me because of the abundance of revelation. He said, in all the, the adversity he went through, was because of the revelation he was carrying. When you carry revelation of the gospel, there's some countries won't even let you in there when they find out who you are. Oh, we were fixing to go preach in Pakistan a few years ago. Well, they, they found out who I was. They said, no, you ain't coming here. You say, why? Because I'm carrying. I got uranium-235, man. It is activated here. So I'm just telling you. So I, you can literally change a whole nation when you come in with the gospel. Come on. They, they, they get upset if I go into Vietnam, wherever you go, because you start preaching the gospel. It is the power of God. Come on. You go into China, they'll be following you if you come in there. They look you up. They find out who you are on Facebook. They'll find out who you are. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Wow, you're carrying this kind of power. So what he says here in, in the, the picosecond, which is a million of a million to the second, and he says really um, only uh, one pound the size of a baseball will run a nuclear submarine for 25 years, Goodness. which is more than a million gallons of gasoline. So it's just about that big. Uranium-235. One pound. Run that thing for 25 years. Huh. So when Jesus said, if you have faith, just, you just need like, you just need like a little bit of this faith the size of a mustard seed. Yeah. 
They said, well, what are we going to do with it? He said, just about anything you want. Are y'all still here? Come on. When you have faith in God, amen, it may look like you got a little bit, but if you ever activate that faith, I mean, there's tremendous power available. So when it comes to uranium-235, somebody may have the substance of uranium-235, but that substance will not work unless it is enriched. Enriched. So they have to get not only the substance, they have to learn the enriching process. So that's where Iran is right now. And so they've got, uh, you know, uh, secret enriching places for uranium-235. Well, if you have uranium-235, if you enrich it to 2%, 2 or 3%, they said, 2 or 3%, then you can light up a whole city with 2% enriched uranium. But if you want weapons-grade uranium, you want to make a bomb, it must be enriched to 96%. Same enriching process, but you know how to enrich it to 96%, then you have weapons-grade uranium. That means you, you made a bomb. Well, they say Iran, last I saw, Iran is now at the enriching process of up to 60%. Once they get to 96%, now Israel will have to do something about that. Are y'all still here? Because they're just one little country. I mean, you can't make a mistake on that. That means you're going to have to take the first shot because you you'll never get a second one. Y'all still here? So your faith, he says you can build yourself up on your most holy faith. So to me, while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, <clears throat> your faith, come on, and your inner man, your spirit is in that, in that enriching process that could take you from just turning on the light at 2 or 3%, take you up to 96%, and now you are explosive. I said, you're explosive. Oh, come on, the way you talk, the way you live, you're explosive. That means the scenery's going to change when you detonate, man. When you're activated, scenery's going to change. Sickness is going to leave. Devil's going to run Absolutely. because you're enriched. Building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Woo, that's why when you start praying in the Holy Ghost, the devil, come on, thoughts come to mind and say, that ain't working, that ain't doing no good, you're wasting your time, you don't even know what you're saying. But the devil's upset because your spirit is praying, come on, and your spirit is yielded to the Holy Ghost. Have you ever thought about having faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit and you yield to the Holy Ghost and you lift your voice praying in a supernatural language, speaking mysteries to God, your spirit gets edified. What would happen if you built up to 96%. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Just, just, just 15 minutes would help you because at least you get the lights on. <laughs> Y'all still with me here? God wouldn't discourage anybody praying the Holy Ghost for 15 minutes. At least we got the lights on. But if you wanted to stick with it for 30 minutes or maybe an hour and your spirit gets built up, <laughs> boy, you're going to get some better results out of your faith. All right, y'all go ahead and laugh for me. I say, you're going you're to get some better results out of your faith. You say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, you need to find some time if you want to blow some things up. <laughs> if you want some mountains to move, amen. So praying in the Holy Ghost. So the Ephesians 3 prayer is what? God, I'm asking you that you would grant me what? According to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with mighty power by your spirit in my inner man. What's going to happen? Read the next verse. That Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the length and the depth and the breadth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
What's the next verse say? Verse 20. Now unto him who is what? Able to do exceeding abundantly above all. We could ask more than we can even imagine according to his power that works on the inside of us. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Come on. Have faith in the indwelling Holy Spirit. Come on, Jesus said he's going to move in you forever. He's going to stay in you forever. He's your helper, your strengthener, your intercessor, your advocate, your standby. He's the greater one. He's the spirit of God living on the inside of you. God lives in you. Have faith in God. Come on, lift your hands up and pray in the Holy Ghost. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, strengthening us in our inner man with mighty power, strengthening our spirit man. So thank you, Lord, that our flesh will not dominate us, our senses will not dominate us, our feelings will not dominate us, but the love of God will dominate us. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Woo! Come on, y'all, to shout about that. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Nanama Sohola Barista Kadevea Labanda Levoso Rapakashe Katavasa Rama Mandeleve Sokorabandeleve. Woo! Come on, say hallelujah, hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's my number one language, praying in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, my spirit prays. My mind doesn't know what I'm saying. We call that God's head bypass operation. How many believe God would like to bypass your brain for a little while? Amen. Work in your spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a language. Notice it doesn't say screaming. It says he that speaketh. Amen. Speaking, just like speaking. He speaks in unknown tongues. Speaketh not to men. Speaks to God. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. <laughs> Divine secrets. Your spirit, praying. Hallelujah. Amen. Dad Hagen said it this way. He said, after 65 years of ministry, the greatest spectacular things that ever happened in my life, ever happened in ministry, the most spectacular healings that ever happened. And he said, and the greatest financial miracles that ever happened after 65 years happened after extended period of times praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, when I say extended period of time, he said, I'm really talking about beyond one hour. <laughs> How many ever decided you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost for one hour? How many of you made it? Huh? Just one hour. He said, I didn't say nothing English. I prayed in the Holy Ghost for one hour. He said, uh, after one hour, he said, I didn't feel no better. I didn't feel nothing. So he said, the thought came to my mind. He said, I know it came from the devil. Thought came to my mind, you've just wasted one hour. You could have been doing a lot of other things. And you've just been here praying in tongues for one hour. You've wasted one hour. So what did Brother Hagin do? He said, devil, because you said that? Just because you said that, I'm going to go on for two hours. 
And if you say anything after that, I'm going to double it. So he said, I got back after it again. He said, I finally made two hours. He said, it was hard. He said, and the devil said, now you wasted two hours. The devil even had the nerve to tell him you could have been working on your sermon. You know, it's bad if the devil rather you have you working on your sermon. We may have seen some of your sermons and he knew that it wouldn't be dangerous. Amen. <laughs> As the devil saw your sermon, he went, that ain't no problem. Go work on that, you know. <laughs> Praying tongue, you get that uranium-235, man. <laughs> Amen. So Brother Hagin said, so I'm going to go on two more hours. <laughs> That's not easy, I'm telling you. Your flesh. So he said two hours. He said, after, I think he said after four hours, I hit a gusher. He said, that's the first time I ever hit that gusher. He said, it took me four hours to hit that gusher. He said, but once I hit that gusher, today, he said, it won't take me 15 minutes to hit it. Because once you find out where the gusher is. Amen. It's concerning that some people never have hit a gusher. He said, how can you tell? Just look at them. You know, they ain't never hit a gusher. You hit a gusher and you're like, man, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Praise the Lord. So he said, it's after something like five hours, he said the Lord appeared to him, told him about his life and his future, his ministry. What happened? John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. You ever read that in Revelation? I was in the spirit. Amen. It's good to get in church, but if you ever get in the spirit, come on. He said, I got out of the natural. Amen. I got over into the realm of the spirit. Man, I heard words come on. I heard the Lord talking to me. I started seeing things. Revelation open. That's a whole book of Revelation opened up to me. Amen. Praying in the Holy Ghost is how you get revelation. That's right. Amen. Meditating the Word, praying the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you like to get up, get beyond two percent? Amen. Go ahead and build yourself up on your most holy faith. Till you become explosive. Praise the Lord. That when you talk, you may look a little bit funny, but when you talk, the devil will say, what'd they say? Because <laughs> you're carrying tremendous power. Wow, what time is it? Oh, well, I didn't know I went that far over time. Anyway, some of y'all are listening slow, so it took me a little extra time. Praise the Lord. Somebody tell me something you learned this morning. Raise your hand. Something you learned this morning. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Okay. For two years. Yeah. And it changed your life. Has been a new book. Every day. Every day. Don't miss a day. Don't miss a day. Amen. It's amazing. It is. It'll change your life. And everything that I'm seeking from God mm -hmm. is going deeper. Yeah. And more revelation. Yeah. And I'm seeing. Clearer. Yeah. Amen. It's like the fog. Yeah. That's right. The fog is gone. Praise the Lord. Now your, in, your instrument rating. Everyone do it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Something you learned this morning? Yes, ma'am. If your faith don't move your mouth, <clears throat> if it's not strong enough to move your mouth, never move a mouth. What do you want to say? If you want what God wants for the same reason he wants it, you will be invincible. Yeah, that's a good one. Who said that? You, you got it from me, didn't you? Then you'd be sure and write that on there. But I got it from F.F. Bosworth. <laughs> Anybody else over here? Yes, ma'am. Well, I'm reminded that as obstacles come into my path, you know, opposition, mm -hmm. whatever, things, yeah. uh, you know, just the stuff that's going to discourage you, I'm reminded that it's really just the enemy coming against mm -hmm. the enriching process. Yeah, and, yeah. And especially when you're praying the Holy Ghost, because the enriching process is going to change the substance of your faith. Still faith at 2%, but faith has a greater capacity at 96%. Anybody else learn something? Raise your hand. Yes, sir. Faith is acting like the Bible's Faith's just acting like the Bible's true. You learned that this morning? Well, that's a good start. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Yes, sir. I've learned not to come in one of your 
services late like Charles. <laughs> he learned not to come dragging in like Charles. I don't mind him being late. I just mind him like walking all over the front row, <laughs> back and forth, acting like, you know, he was a, sec a middle child that didn't get enough attention when he was growing up. Huh? He didn't get enough attention, you know. He, you can tell he didn't get enough attention, right? He, just go out to eat with him, and he won't stop talking. He'll talk the whole time. He won't even come up for air, unless you can get a bite of food in there. That might slow him down a little bit once the food comes out. But, if, you know, if you don't get enough attention growing up, you just got to get it somehow, right? <laughs> so you wander across the front row, back and forth, going, I don't know if I, if I want to sit over here, if I might want to sit over here. I don't know where I want to sit. Wherever it is, I want to make sure everybody sees me come in. That's what I want to make sure. Lord have mercy, you know. He, amen. God bless it. God bless his heart. Hallelujah. I don't know. It's like nobody can see him if he bends over like, he bends over like three inches. I don't think they can see me now. Oh, you need to. He'd be a great to go deer hunting with, wouldn't he? He's like, <laughs> we'd have to camo him. And camo his body. <laughs> and camo his breath. Camo <laughs> his smell. But isn't he a great sport? Hallelujah. All right, he started all that. See, he started pretty. Pretty started to get mad at him. Don't get mad at me. All right, anybody else want to say anything you learned this morning? Yes, ma'am. That's it. That's right. I acted on his word. Yeah. He watches his word. He will perform his word. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hold that thought. Anyway, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like to cut up, so y'all have to pray for me, right? You say he's a little bit ornery sometimes. When you get to be 70, you can be more ornery, right? You can just be a little bit more ornery. Get a 70, praise Lord. You already got enough friends, so you don't care if you lose a few. <laughs> Anybody else want to say something you learned this morning? Uh, raise your hand and holler if you learned something this morning. Significant. What would you learn? Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. Everyone that asks receives, right? It's good. You ask your daddy, El Shaddai, whatever you need. Whatever you need, ask your daddy, El Shaddai. He'll take you to get toys, clothes, boots, whatever you need. But if you want an unlimited asking, you ask your father God. <laughs> All right, way back there. Yeah, yeah. Brother Hagin's book called, uh, I Believe in Visions. Uh, if you haven't read that book, it's a phenomenal book called I Believe in Visions. And uh, it tells about seven visions he had of the Lord Jesus. Tremendous book. So somebody asked him at what was the period of time in which those visions happened. And most of those visions happened like in, I think he said, like a 10-year a period of time. So they asked him, well, how come, you know, they only happened in that 10-year period of time? He said, well, I really don't know. He said, but during that period of time was when I isolated myself to pray in the Holy Ghost the most. In other words, sometimes at a time in your life, you spend more time praying the Holy Ghost. And then sometimes once you get kids, you know, and you got all kinds of stuff, it's a little bit more difficult. But that will open up the realm of visions and dreams, praying in the Holy Ghost. We'll do that. Yes, sir? It doesn't take a lot of faith. If you just had a little bit of this, <laughs> you could move a mountain, Jesus said. You just had a little bit of this. Woo. He said, what is that? He said, that's the same stuff I use to make the whole world. Praise the Lord. 
All right, well, let's uh, receive the offering this morning. Uh, you guys have a bucket or something, and uh, if you have an envelope, uh, you can make out your check to uh, the church here, uh, to uh, the uh, Freedom Word Church. Freedom Word Church. <laughs> Freedom Word Church, my favorite church. Freedom Word Church. You can make your check out to the church, Freedom Word Church. Or if you happen to make your check out to Mark Hankins Ministries, you can put that in the offering. Also, if you're watching online, there's a place that you can give. And uh, when you're giving, you're just saying, Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. And I give and help somebody else get it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all about ready to give? Let me pray with you right now. Father God, I pray a special blessing today. On every giver during these meetings, every person that has sown and given, thank you, Lord, for a whopper of a harvest, a generous harvest coming back to their life in every way. We thank you, Lord, for a breakthrough in our revelation, our understanding of your word, and a breakthrough in the will of God for our lives. We thank you for that kind of blessing in Jesus' name. Everybody shout amen. amen. God bless you as you give. Praise the Lord. Amen. And tonight at 7 o'clock, wow. Man, these days kind of went by a little too fast, you know. I said, these days went by a little too fast. Man, I may have to stay till Thursday night next next year. We'll stay through Thursday night. We might need one more night because I, I still got some material I hadn't covered yet. And so um, it gets better every year, amen. And I appreciate all of y'all coming, all the pastors coming from around, amen. Some of y'all taking off work to come. And the mornings are almost as much fun as the evenings, aren't they? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, pastor, you want to say anything?